In Tom O'Brien's first public comments since quarterback Russell Wilson announced he was going to spend the spring playing minor league baseball, O'Brien says he believes Wilson's college football days are over. Our plans are he's not coming back. Um, he'll be a baseball player. We have to move forward with Glennon. You know, we've planned for this day. I can't sit here and say, okay, we're going to wait for Russell to come back. We have to move forward, and we're going to move forward. Michael's going to be the quarterback. That's how we're going. If Wilson does choose to return to the football team. The door's always open, but I don't foresee that happening down the road one way or another. You know, Russell's never failed at anything he's attempted. He's going to go try to make the Colorado Rockies, so... I'm glad you're doing this podcast because I always thought, like, I don't know if it's quite worthy of a 30 for 30, but it's worthy of miniseries or segment. I mean, there's a lot to it. 99.9 The Fans, Joe Giglio and Joe Ovius set the record straight in Never Failed, the Russell Wilson Story Podcast. Brought to you by Copiers Plus. If you don't know how much printing expenses are costing your business, you're probably spending too much. Gain clarity with a free assessment from Copiers Plus. Book yours today at copiers-plus.com. There's an iconic picture of Bo Jackson in his football shoulder pads with a wooden baseball bat resting behind his neck. Richard Noble took that picture and Nike turned it into a poster. They put three generic words on it. The ball player. The poster was popular in 1989, but in 2007... Russell Wilson might have been the only person at NC State who had it on his wall in his dorm room. Jackson was a sublime talent, otherworldly, really. He had won the Heisman Trophy at Auburn and then shocked everyone by going to play minor league baseball. But he came back to football, and he ran over Brian Bosworth in truly an iconic moment in Monday Night Football's history in 1987. Two years later, he was the MVP of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. When Wilson got to NC State, he played quarterback and second base. The goal was to play both professionally, just as Jackson had. And the goal was to be iconic, just as Jackson was. Part of it was Wilson had the talent to excel in each sport. Part of it was he had a will and determination to prove people wrong. And part of it was the legacy of his father. When Russell Wilson got to NC State in the summer of 2007, he got paired up with Wayne Crawford, a defensive lineman from Philadelphia. The two roomed together at the old University Towers that summer. Like most freshman roommates, Crawford and Wilson had never met before they started living together. And Crawford, he had no idea who this unheralded recruit out of Richmond was. As Crawford tells the story, there was something unique about Wilson's energy and his ability to connect to his new teammates. And Crawford figured that out literally the first day that he met Wilson. First day I met Russ, we moved in together, and I'll never forget this, um, but there were a couple guys down the hall. One was Stephen Howard, I think it was Justin Byers, maybe like J5, uh, Jarvis Williams, and somebody else. But it was like the first day we all meet, and he's like, hey guys, you want to, you, you know, Russ is a super bubbly guy. He's like, he, he um, he's, he's, he's always like, you know, he, he, he kind of gives you a little bit of energy, and you're sometimes you're caught off guard by it. So he's like, hey, guys, you want to go out to the practice field and enjoy some balls? And in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't want to go throw balls. I'm a defensive lineman. I said, how about this? You give me a five-second count. I'll line up on like a, probably like a, a three-technique, a five or a seven, and I'll come after you. And he's like, okay. So we go out there, a couple receivers, and he is throwing dark. Like, I'm just 
and, I, and I'm really giving them a five-second count. And, and we couldn't get on the practice field because the practice field were closed. So we were in, like, the parking lot outside the practice field, which were gravel, grass. And these guys are still running out routes, digs, cuts. And he's, and he's putting everything on the money. So I knew then he was like, this dude's kind of special, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, at that point, I, was, I knew that there was something about him that I had never met before in terms of, like, you know, the, the ball was coming off his hands like it was a bullet. You know, it was, it was, there was no arc to the ball. I just, I, I hadn't really seen quarterbacks. I just came out of high school, you know, and I, there was good quarterbacks coming out of Philly, but there weren't, there wasn't anybody like him. He's a smaller guy. So he always had a chip on his shoulder. And then his focus is nuts. Like he was, he, 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 I feel like he had the playbook memorized in like the first five days because, you know, he would sit down, you know, I'm going out to the study hall, I'm going out to lunch or something. He'd be sitting in his room just looking at stuff like, visualizing things. I was like, dude, you can look at that playbook and visualize what you got to do and all your receivers and your blocking techniques. He's like, yeah, I think I got it. It's like, it's kind of simple. I was like, yeah, that's not me, buddy. What were your conversations with him about baseball? Like, did he tell you like, hey, you know, I want to be a major league baseball player and an NFL player. Yeah, like, I want to be Bo Jackson. Yeah, that's what we always talked about. We talked about Bo Jackson and I was like, yeah, dude. And if anybody could do it, I knew it was him just because I knew it was special, one way or the other. You know, so he was always like, yeah, I want to be, I could see myself being like Bo Jackson. That was always the pattern with Wilson. People would look at his height and think, nah, he can't play quarterback. But once they saw him throw, they knew he had something. Wilson, though, still had some work to do to impress new football coach Tom O'Brien and his offensive coordinator, Dana Bible. NC State went 3-9 and in 2006, which turned out to be Amato's final year. They lost the last seven games of that season. You knew O'Brien, coming off of a 10-3 and season at Boston College, was going to hit the reset button and then some with the returning players at NC State. The quarterback situation was less than ideal. Daniel Evans was a local kid from Broughton. His dad had played at NC State, and he played well enough in spurts in 2006, but he was not a long-term solution. Harrison Beck was a transfer that Amato had added from Nebraska. This was back when Nebraska was trying to become a passing team, and he had sat out the 2006 season under NCAA rules. And Justin Burke was there, too. Burke was another one of these long line of would-be successors to Phillip Rivers that Amato was always chasing on the recruiting trail, one of the highly rated players. And then there was Wilson, the undersized, unheralded recruit. Evans ended up winning the job, and Wilson ended up redshirting, even though there were some coaches and teammates who would tell you later that Wilson was actually the best quarterback in practice. Let's just say the season got off to a less-than-auspicious start. The Tom O'Brien era begins at NC State, and it's a shaky beginning. First play from scrimmage, Central Florida's Kevin Smith from his own 20, and he's gone. 80 yards, just like that, 7-0 Central Florida. The Knights totally dominate the first half. State has one last chance. Beck's pass intercepted. The pack claws back but falls 25-23. We have nobody to blame but ourselves. You know, we lost as a football team. We lost as coaches. We lost as players. Um, didn't do what it had to do to, to win the football game. Are we disappointed? Yeah, certainly we are, but I'm certainly not discouraged. Tom Suter, TV5 Sports Raleigh. 
Beck started the next week, which was O'Brien's return game with Boston College. Beck threw five interceptions and had a fumble in the 37-17 loss. Quite frankly, it's a miracle that O'Brien ever put Beck back on the field. Long story short, O'Brien eventually went back to Evans, and after a terrible 1-5 start to the season, State won four straight games before losing the final two. The joy pours through the pack after the most emotional of their four straight wins. And Daniel Evans becomes the first state quarterback not named Phillip Rivers to beat Carolina in 15 years. For me, it's a relief. I think everybody else was excited. I know I'd have been the GOAT if we'd have lost that game. Talked about earlier, you know, learning how to win. Well, you know, this team's found out a little bit how to win. And at 5-5, five and five, one more win makes state bowl eligible. Who would have thought that? Jason Jennings, WRL Sports, Raleigh. All in all, a 5-7 and seven season. Not great, but certainly not as bad as it looked when it started. One season in to rebuilding NC State's football team, Tom O'Brien, a coach prone to point out things his team can do better, says the glass is no longer half empty in West Raleigh. The difference that we have here is we come in, you know, I said this before too, with a resume. You know, we, we've done it before. All I have to do is look at the championship game in Jacksonville. Next year's team will be young. O'Brien estimates as many as 55 of the Pac's players next season will be freshmen or sophomores. Sometimes it's tough to teach old dogs new tricks. Well, you know, when you get puppies, you know, hopefully you train them right. So look for a talented group of wolf puppies next season. Ken Medlin, WRL Sports, Raleigh. In his freshman year in baseball, Wilson was able to play right away. He played 32 games out of the 64 the Wolfpack played that season. He started in 16. He hit 296 with a pair of home runs and six steals. Not bad. Wilson missed out on fall practice during the football season, and he had to play catch-up. Baseball is not exactly a sport where you can make up for lost time. Wolfpack baseball coach Elliot Avent did his best to give Wilson a chance to contribute in any way that he could that first year. My thought was to get Russell on the field as much as I could and wherever I could get him on the field. The repetitions that it takes to get on the field as an infielder in college baseball at this level are tremendous. Russell didn't have the opportunity to come out and take enough ground balls, turn double plays, and those kind of things. But he played second base, but I got him on the field as much as we put him in the outfield as well. I just want him in the lineup. If you could put your best players, who are your best people, also in the same game, you up your chances of winning that game more than just the talent that's on the field. And so my objective always was to figure out where I could get Russell on the field. So he mostly played second, but he got in the outfield as well. And uh, But he could, he could have played short at NC State. He just didn't have the repetitions. Just because you can't make up for lost time in baseball doesn't mean that Russell Wilson didn't try. Kyle Wilson who was Russell Wilson's friend and teammate on the baseball team and is actually now the hitting coach for the Durham Bulls, explains how Russ pushed to catch up with his baseball teammates and how the football guy was viewed by the baseball team. He was coming in, obviously not having hardly any at-bats or really no at-bats during the fall. And um, his, his drive to kind of make up for lost time, football took obviously a lot of his time, but his drive to get better every day. Um, obviously, he went through his struggles early on. Um, but what's crazy about him, man, is that, you know, obviously he was going to football workouts at 4 or 5 a.m., going to class, and then going to baseball practice. You talk about having a super, super long day. 
he had all of that and he still showed up and, and wanted to compete and um, get better and, and, you know, try to make up for lost time because he spent so much time on the football field. Did you ever interpret as a baseball person like, man, what's this football guy doing here? He, he's taking up our time or he's just trying to hog the spotlight. Did, did you did you have a sense that he knew how to ingratiate himself to his baseball teammates? Yeah. Um, I, you know, it didn't. When he was on the baseball field, you never really thought of him as a football player. I mean, it was it was all baseball. And I think if you talk with Russ, even to this day, and I spent a lot of time with him, I was like, dude, what what is it, man? Like, do you like football better? You like baseball better? Where you gonna you gonna start concentrating on something? And this is even going into when he was playing professional baseball, asking him these questions. And he's like, you know what, Kyle? Like, when it's baseball season, I am 100% into baseball. When it's football, I'm 100% into football. So I think he didn't come in with, with an ego. He didn't come in with, you know, any ulterior motive. When he was on the baseball field with us, he was a great teammate. Um, he pushed us all. He probably pushed us more so in just the, the mental toughness and, and the work ethic that he possessed. You know, obviously he was a little bit behind from the baseball standpoint just because he hadn't had the reps. But, yeah, I mean, he, he, he joined the team well and, and was never – I didn't ever think that there was ever an ulterior motive or, you know, a big league us at all. A major part of Wilson's success has been his family. He comes from a long line of lawyers, educators, and athletes. His grandfather, Harrison Jr., served as the president of Norfolk State University for 20 years. His grandmother, Lucy Wilson, was a professor at Old Dominion. His uncle, Ben, graduated from Harvard Law and worked in Washington as a lawyer. His dad, Harrison III, played football and baseball at Dartmouth, he had a training camp tryout with the San Diego Chargers before he went to law school at Virginia, which is where he met his wife, Tammy, and then he had a successful law career in Richmond. His brother, Harrison IV, played both baseball and football at the University of Richmond, and his sister, Anna, just in March, helped Stanford win the National Basketball Championship. There's a strong family pull there that's rooted in faith and education. Wilson's relationship with his father, though, was special. Bo Jackson played football and baseball. Deion Sanders played football and baseball. Brian Jordan eventually gave up football. Who was your idol growing up? Who did you emulate? I don't really idolize anybody, but but God. But probably my favorite player of all was uh, my dad. You know, I, um, I, uh, you know, even though he didn't, you know, isn't a Hall of Fame football or baseball player, you know, he really taught me how to play the game and taught me how to be mentally tough to try to do the right thing every every time you step on the field and every time you're on and off the field. So I that's probably the person I would have to honestly say in my heart. And uh, and you know, it's always wa- nice watching, you know, guys like De- Deion Sanders change the game with the speed and everything that he could do and you know, all those type of big time players. But uh, I definitely have to say my dad for sure. On top of all of Wilson's commitments at NC State, he had another. He would make frequent trips back to Richmond to check in on his dad, who had been suffering from complications from diabetes. His dad had to have his leg amputated, and he was gravely ill during Wilson's time at NC State. Harrison Wilson III was only 55 when he passed away on June 9, 2010. It was the day after Wilson was drafted by the Colorado Rockies. With the Colorado Rockies, I was drafted on June 8, 2010, and then 
you know, I was on cloud nine, I felt like for a little bit, and then, you know, 24 hours later, you know, my dad passed away. So it was kind of, you know, that you really realize and, uh, you know, how grateful you are and, and everything, you know, within that short period of time. So when this draft came around, I knew how much of a blessing it was to be, have the opportunity to be drafted. And sure enough, the Seahawks, and I think my dad was, was, uh, was knocking on the door, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the GM, just telling him, hey, yeah, I get this kid. <laughs> so for them to call my name, it was a great experience and, um, you know, so much emotion going on. And I know that my dad was right there watching with me. As Russell starts having success, I realize his dad's never seen him play. Mm-hmm. And so I called his mom. So I said, we need to get Mr. Wilson to the game. And she said it's hard because they won't let him, wherever he was, getting the treatments and the rehab with his uh, – they don't want him there uh, around a lot of people. Okay. Around a lot of people. And they don't want him to get sick. And uh, I think we were, my memory is we were playing away for us. So I said, we got to get – you talk to them, and I'll have him in, in an isolated place. Mm-hmm. There will be nobody around him but his family, I promise you. And he has got to see his son play. And so they work it out, and he comes to this game. And so I talked to football, and I got this little cubby hole in the Murphy Center outside one of the offices for just his family. And then, of course, I realized with compliance, uh, maybe that's a, some kind of violation because you're doing an extra benefit. So I can't remember exactly what I said to compliance, but I think I said, well, you got like four or five days to work this out because I've already set it up and he's coming. And uh, so they worked it out. It was okay. Russell's dad comes to the game. It's a little bit of a cold game. Yeah, November 15th would have been the date. Okay. In, in 08. And it's the first drive. I'll never forget it. And I say to Mr. Wilson, I say, hey, listen, Russell's so excited you're here. You know what I'm saying? And he's been great all year but don't expect him to have a good game or don't at least expect him to start off good because he's so pumped up you're here. 15-yard out, completion, 30 yards down the middle, completion, Mm -hmm. scrambles for 12 yards. You know, as I'm telling Mr. Wilson, don't expect much, he's slowly driving the team down the field. Next thing you know, we're in the end zone, fight song cranks up, and I look down and Mr. Wilson's just basically dancing to the beat of the fight song, big smile on his face, and I thought – you know, this is a good time to exit. And I just said, hey, y'all enjoy the game. And I left. Russell has a big-time game. Then after the game, fourth quarter, I go to get the family. We we go outside, and now it's really cold. And I remember Russell, I remember this like it was yesterday. Russell comes out like a, a coat and tie on. And he's sitting there with a line of, you know, 50 people signing autograph at the autograph. And his dad's sitting there in a wheelchair with a blanket over his legs. And it's cold. Mm-hmm. I'm cold. His dad's cold. And Russell's just signing every autograph. As much as he loves his dad, he understands his responsibility that you sign every kid's autograph. And he signed. finally I went over there and said, Russell, uh, I know you want to finish this line, but your dad's freezing. We got we got to go. And uh, and it took that to get Russell away from, from uh, what he felt like was his, was his obligation. He was just that committed, that dedicated, that devoted. He's the most unique and I've seen a lot of great ones. I don't want to say he's in a class by himself. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. But there's never been a more unique uh, college athlete that I've ever seen. Don't drift. Don't drift. Russell Wilson didn't come to NC State to play quarterback for the scout team. But he had to serve in that role last year and firmly believes the experience made him better. I actually enjoyed it. You know, at first it was kind of tough, you know, 
you know, I'm a competitor, I'm a big competitor, and I, you know, I was, I was hoping I mean, maybe I could get a starting job coming in, but I didn't, so you know, I had to deal with it. Wilson has dealt with it well because the redshirt freshman is now an early favorite for the starting job. It's a competition that won't be complete until Daniel Evans' shoulder heals and Mike Glennon comes to campus in the fall. It's a now thing for me and it's a now thing for the rest of the guys. You know, we're not really worried about you know, what's going to happen in the future. Now he's making the most of the spring. Of the three healthy quarterbacks, Wilson has put up the best passing numbers in the scrimmages. He can run, too, but... I like to drop back and throw the ball. I love to throw the ball in high school. You know, I threw the ball 45 times a game. And threw 74 touchdowns and nearly 7,500 yards in his two years as a high school starting quarterback. He also plays for State's baseball team. But Tom O'Brien has made one thing clear. He's a football player first. Okay. So he'll He's, be there Saturday, man. He'll be there Saturday. I don't know where the baseball team is, but he'll... He'll be out there on Saturday. When Wolfpack fans can finally see Wilson in the spring game. Jason Jennings, WRAL Sports, Raleigh. After redshirting his first year, Wilson's football career would take off in 2008. He was the first freshman quarterback to be named first team All-ACC, and he was also the conference rookie of the year. But after a standout scrimmage by hotshot freshman Mike Glennon and an injury in the secondary, it was almost over before it started for Russell Wilson. I'll let Mike Lennon tell you what happened. There was five of us, so there was one everyone. So Daniel Evans was a senior. Harrison Beck was a junior. Justin Burke was, uh, he was the sophomore. Russell was going to be a richer freshman, and then I was a true freshman. And it was really like a, I don't know if it was a five-man race, but it was. Um, you thought you had a chance. I thought I had a chance, mm -hmm. and, and they, it, it was a chance. It wasn't mm -hmm. like I just thought it. Clearly from the get-go, to me, it was like, it was either going to be Daniel Evans, Russell, or me. And I thought it was going to be either Russell or me, honestly. And we kind of go through camp. I was impressed with Russell. I, like, from the moment I saw him throw the ball, I'm like, this guy looks like the real deal. And mm -hmm. there was kind of mumblings of the year before when he was redshirting, like, this kid can play, you know, like, but I was already, you know, committed and I wasn't going to change because of that. And so I kind of knew, you know, this, this guy was probably going to be pretty good. So we go through camp and I, I still remember the very first scrimmage. I think it was either Russell or Daniel probably started. But they gave me, like, a couple series with the ones, and I did really well. Um, I think I threw, like, two touchdowns, and, um, like, I felt like I belong. And uh, I don't know if it was that night or, like, the next day, but O'Brien called me up to his office and kind of, like, hinted, like, you need to get ready to go. Like, if you play, like, what we just saw, you probably aren't going to be here for five years anyway. I think the second scrimmage went okay, me and Russell kind of – went back and forth, but I think they were still kind of leaning towards me. So the third scrimmage, they had me start, and I wasn't ready. Like, the speed of the game, just it felt too much. I mean, I'd only been on campus for a little over a sure. month. Like, I, I, I wasn't ready, and it, I kind of got exposed that third scrimmage, and Russell played well. So I think at that point they were like, okay, let's, let's go with Russell. And just something interesting on that is Russell didn't tell me this until a few years later. But I guess after that, one of those scrimmages, the first or second one, they told him, we're thinking, because in one of the scrimmages, I don't know if you remember the guy's name, his name was Clem Johnson, safety, broke his jaw. And the, uh, Russell said that when that happened, they said, we're thinking about moving you to safety. And Russell said, I'm a team player. I'll do what's best for the team. Just give me one more shot. And that's when I had the, the scrimmage that showed I wasn't ready. So it's just like, you know, talk about looking back of what could have happened, you know, who knows if he ever even plays quarterback college and, and goes on. But 
Um, he was he was definitely the right man for the job. Like I, I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready myself. Wilson did not take too kindly to the suggestion of moving to defense. He had come to NC State to play quarterback and to play baseball. He was going to do everything he had set out to do. We subsequently know this was an important conversation because it was referenced by Wilson in the infamous Wisconsin graduation speech in 2016. I'm doing everything. I mean, I'm catching punts, catching catching routes. I'm, I'm getting hit. I mean, I know I can play quarterback. I, I just need the chance. About two weeks before our first game, my coach calls me into his office and tells me I'm not getting that chance. Excuse my country voice here, but he says, son, I'm switching your position. I'm moving you to safety. He's not asking me, he's telling me. I could have just gone along with it. <laughs> Maybe I should have just gone along with it, but for whatever reason, I wasn't ready to take no for an answer. I prayed about it. I talked to my mom, I talked to my brother, I would have talked to my dad, but he was on his deathbed at the time. And after a few days, I just came to this peace. So the question I asked when life told me no was, what am I capable of? Am I capable of doing what I want to do? I had really had the thought of, think about it. And when it came to playing quarterback, the answer was yes. This story comes up and it sows the seeds of how Wilson didn't trust Tom O'Brien. I remember seeing him get off the elevator in the in our facility, and he's like, "Hey, man, you know, they're trying to make me a safety. I think he just had a meeting with like Coach Bible and O'Brien." I was like, "What?" And, it's, and then he's like, "I'm not going to do it." I was like, "Yeah, I don't think you're a safety dude. I mean, he's got a fucking he's got a cannon. Excuse my friend. Long story short, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just pray about it." So a couple of days later, you know, he, he's got a safety. I think he kind of refused to do that. I'm not sure how that conversation went, but I know they wanted to do that when Mike came in, because, you know, he's this tall, you know, Mike's a, Mike's a tall kind of pocket guy, can see over the line really easy, and, you know, they, they came from the land of Matt Hasselback, Matt Ryan, so, you know, that's that type of guys that they were used to. When they tried to make him a safety, the relationship was strained to the point where he's questioning what they want him to do, and that was very clear. Did that have a negative effect on the relationship? I'm sure. Russell Wilson went into the 2008 football season as the starting quarterback. State opened at South Carolina. This was the Steve Spurrier era for the Gamecocks. This was the heart of it. Uh, South Carolina was really good, especially on defense. They knocked Wilson out of the game in the second quarter with a concussion, and State ended up losing 34-0. Wilson missed the next game but returned for a loss at Clemson and then a home win over ECU, a top 25 ECU team, which was actually an upset for the Wolfpack. Wilson suffered another injury, though, missed another game, but was back in the lineup for the next three ACC games, all losses, and including a reunion with Chuck Amato, who at that point had gone back to work for Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Much like the 07 season, State was off to a slow start. Didn't look good. They were 2-6 and six with Duke, Wake Forest, and North Carolina up next. Wilson was able to lead them to wins in all three in-state games, including a 41-10 route of the Tar Heels. Now at 5-6, and six, State closes out the season at home with a win over Miami to become bowl eligible. Wilson earns first-team All-ACC honors. He's the first freshman quarterback in ACC history to do that. He threw for 17 touchdowns with only one interception. 
at 6-6, six and six, NC State winds up in the Papa John's Bowl in Birmingham, Alabama against Rutgers, then in the old Big East. Wilson's selection as a first-team all-conference quarterback has not changed his stance on continuing to play football and baseball at NC State. I haven't really talked to Coach about it that much yet. Um, I'm just excited you know, for the ball game. That's really all I'm looking forward to, and just practicing hard and practicing with my teammates again. Russell Wilson has his dream intact. I've always wanted to play pro football. I've always wanted to play pro baseball. I would love to do that. I would love to play both if I could, and I think I have the ability to. Um, I know a lot of it's a lot. Of, you got to have a lot of time. You got to be organized, and I, I think I'm, I'm that type of individual. But um, we'll see what happens down in the future. State was up 17-6 at the half on Greg Schiano's team, but Wilson hurt his knee at the end of the first half, and then didn't play in the second half. So remember, for the whole season, Russell Wilson threw one interception. In the second half of the Papa John's Bowl, Daniel Evans and Harrison Beck combined to throw for three interceptions. Guess what happened? NC State lost 29-23. There was a moment after the game, though, that stood out to defensive coordinator Mike Archer. And so we were ahead at the half, and, and after the game's over, we're, we're, we're stalling for time because our plane's delayed, and Russell is in a knee brace, and he comes over on crutches to me, and he says, Coach, I apologize for getting hurt. And I went, what? He goes, I apologize. He said, they, they, they would not have stopped us on offense if I could have played. I go, I agree with that. But we can't take a chance, Russell. But that, that showed me something about the kid. I mean, that, you know, he wanted to go back in there, but the doctors made a decision, which was the correct decision. You know, you don't jeopardize some kid's future. The knee injury from the Pizza Bowl game, that carried over into the 09 baseball season for Wilson. He wore this clunky brace and was never really able to get into a groove. All of his hitting numbers were down from his first season, and he finished that year with just a .236 batting average. The tone for the 2009 football season was set when linebacker Nate Irving got into a serious car accident the day before the players were supposed to report for camp. Irving would end up missing the whole season. There was a whole host of other injuries that year, too. In spite of that, State started the season 3-1, and one, but lost six of its first seven conference games before a, just a masterpiece performance by Wilson in the season finale, a 28-27 home win over North Carolina. History will note that was the last time North Carolina would have all of its stars together for an ACC game. They had Robert Quinn, Marvin Austin, Greg Little, Bruce Carter. It was Butch Davis's best team. UNC actually led 17-7, but Wilson was just nearly perfect. Four touchdown passes, he led a comeback, NC State wins 28-27. With no bowl game, Wilson actually got a head start on his junior baseball season, his draft-eligible year. The extra prep time showed. Wilson hit 306 in 47 games with three home runs and nine steals. The Colorado Rockies, who had a fetish for college football quarterbacks, took Wilson in the fourth round of the Major League Baseball draft in June. Wilson's dad would pass away that same month, but as Wayne Crawford, Wilson's old roommate and friend, noted, Wilson was able to turn even that tragedy into a positive. He was really close with his parents, uh, his mom especially, and uh, he was really close with his dad too. And, and then one of the bigger issues with him was, you know, dad, his dad didn't make it all the way through his college experience, and that was a big issue that that hurt a lot for him. But he, you know, he kind of channeled that into his focus in my mind. How much um, of his pursuit of baseball and football do you think was 
almost like a promise to his dad. Oh yeah. I think that was, yeah, I think that was probably like 90%. I think, I think his dad really instilled the fact that Russ had the talent in him to do whatever he wanted to do, whether it be baseball, football, or badminton. And he was like, I'm going to go after it almost because my father told me so. And he went after it. He went after it and he, he, he got it. And the people's doubt, everybody's doubt just fueled him more. You know, that's, you know, he definitely had a chip. He never let go. I don't, I've, I've never seen that chip come off. Even like looking at interviews now, he's a little bit more like cool guy Hollywood, but he's still got a chip on his shoulder because he knows people doubt him, you know? And that's always been there. Julio, you and I have been doing this long enough where we recognize tobacco road football requires things to align for each individual team to have a chance at an ACC title. Happened for Wake Forest. Florida State was down. Clemson was down. Jim Grobe had put together a redshirt team and built up to get to this moment. They did it. Duke, under David Cutcliffe, again, built took advantage of coastal chaos, got to an ACC championship game where they ran into a superior Florida State team, but they showed some fight in that game. Even Larry Fedora, with the culmination of Butch Davis recruits, his own recruits, his own high-flying offense, took advantage of coastal chaos. They ran into a superior Clemson team, but even they had a fight in that game. NC State has had those chances. Unfortunately, they've never actually knocked down the door to do so. And the most recent example was 2010 with Russell Wilson. 2010 was NC State's chance. The sun was shining. The door was open. All they had to do, Joe, was walk through. They start the year 4-0. and And I remember this because this was Debbie Yao's first year as NC State's AD. And we had a meeting. She met with pretty much everybody at the News and Observer. And we were talking about how NC State was about to promote Russell Wilson for the Heisman Trophy. They had a big Thursday night win over Cincinnati at home. Then they went to Georgia Tech, and and Russell Wilson had 368 passing yards in this win over Georgia Tech. If It's hard to remember now. Georgia Tech was actually the ACC champions in 09. Wait, did that happen? Well, it did. No, no, I was told it didn't <laughs> There's happen. There's no asterisk. It, it, I was it told did. It didn't happen. So they had this huge win at Georgia Tech. They're 4-0, and they're feeling good. But I guess NC State stuff started to kick in. I mean, you lose at East Carolina? You go to a Clemson team that had not yet turned the corner to the Clemson program we see today under Dabo? Yeah, there's always a but with NC State. Oh, yeah. It actually started at home against Virginia Tech, who eventually would win the ACC that year. Mm -hmm. They're up 14-0 in that game, and they have a, a defensive touchdown that they give up, a kickoff return that they give up, and they end up losing going away, 41-30. And you're thinking at that time... Well, you know what? Maybe they'll see Virginia Tech again in the ACC championship game. Because, you're right, Florida State wasn't that good that year. Clemson, they they weren't what we think of yet. There was no Chad Morris. There was no secret sauce yet. There was no Brent Venables yet. Dabo hadn't figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. So, again, the window is open. The door is open. All you got to do is walk through it. But it, they, they turned it around. But, but let's not make any mistake. NC State wasn't out of it with these particular losses. And they bounced back. And I think the height of that bounce back of, hey, maybe this is our year, was going to North Carolina 
and the two-yard Hail Mary. I mean, if you want to talk about a signature moment for Russell Wilson, the football player at NC State, it is the two-yard Hail Mary late in the third quarter, which to this day is one of those iconic ACC moments that you'll see replayed nonstop. Yeah, Russell Wilson was just spectacular in his career against North Carolina, 3-0. and So do you definitely want to come back next year and go for four in a row now yourself against these guys? <laughs> I'm just focusing on beating Maryland right now. You know, but, uh, can't you get know, you to commit for next year, huh? I'm just, I'm just focused on right now. You know, I, I can't look too far ahead. You know, Matthew 6, 33 and 34, and it talks about, you know, just staying in the moment and seek the first the kingdom of God. And so I, I'm just one day at a time type of guy. The game in 09 was real, truly a masterpiece. This game, the two-yard Hail Mary game, he made plays out of nothing. And it was a two-yard Hail Mary because he had he was on a dead sprint from the two-yard line back to the 25-yard line where he ends up throwing the ball into the corner of the end zone. And to this day, you can ask any UNC player, what the heck was Denaris Searcy doing? Because he's in the back of the end zone, and if he doesn't bat it back in, they can't score the touchdown. But momentum swings late in the third. Fourth and two. Russell Wilson scrambles and lobs it toward the end zone. Owen oh, Spencer makes the catch, 19-17. Justin, the fall into my hands kind of. I, mean, I was like, you know, oh, my God, this is it's coming to me. I mean, this, this is about to be a, a big-time catch. So that's four straight for NC State over North Carolina. The only thing left, one win at Maryland, and the Wolfpack will go to the ACC championship game. Jeff Gravely, WRL Sports, Chapel Hill. That was how it worked out in that series. And Tom O'Brien always used to say it's because Carolina cheated. And it was that was it. That was karma. That was their karma. Was that Tom did it the right way and he beat their teams even though Carolina had superior talent. You mentioned karma, and I guess this is where we have to talk about NC Stage stuff again. Because all NC State had to do was beat Maryland at Maryland to get to the ACC championship game. First time they would have shown up for a title, to win a division title, whatever, since 1979, the year I was born, Gilio. That's how old the streak of non-titles is or even a division win. So All they had to do was beat the Terps. But Phillip Rivers could never beat the Terps. And I guess Russell Wilson couldn't do it here either. It was the same challenge, Joe, and same script as the Virginia Tech game. NC State jumps out to a 14-0 lead against a Maryland team. That could not win the division, Joe. All they could do was be the spoiler, Joe. And guess what they did? We should have had Torrey Smith on this podcast. 14 catches, 224 yards, one of the all-time great performances in this decade. And that decade for ACC football was by Torrey Smith and Danny O'Brien, who ends up being just this thorn in NC State's side. But... That game is notable not only for the reason that they didn't win the division, Joe, but because that game, that loss, and the loss to East Carolina in particular, Tom O'Brien felt like Russell Wilson didn't play at his best. And for whatever reason, Tom O'Brien was convinced if Russell Wilson had spent the spring at NC State, the summer at NC State, going through practice, going through the off-season workouts, he would have performed better in those bigger moments. He truly held those two games specifically, the ECU loss and the Maryland loss, against Russell Wilson. I think that's finally what put it over the top. Tom viewed this season as not quite the year they were supposed to be there, 
but knew the talent that they had. And remember, Mike Glennon's class was the one was that was the top thirty, top twenty five ranked class. And now you're talking about these players being in the third and fourth year. That's when he had convinced himself that he could have the big payday with the two years of Mike Glennon compared to one with Russell Wilson. So do you think that's why the senior day happened? Because remember... I'm still confused by the senior day. I am not going to lie to you. Wake Forest, senior day, November 13th. He walks. Shout out to our friend Jonathan Jones, who's now at CBS as a big NFL insider. He was at the Daily Tar Heel at North Carolina. He wrote about it, making fun of the fact that Russell Wilson was getting a senior day, but... Maybe that was all part of the plan by Tom O'Brien? Even 10 years later, I didn't know what to make of it. So I asked Mike Lennon, was was that notable at the time for even the guys on the team? November 13th, Wake Forest at home. That would be the day. It would have been senior day. and They made him walk. Right? Russ had already graduated. You say made him. What does that mean? I think he was – so, I mean, to NC State's credit, coach's credit, that's when Russell still wasn't committed to coming back for another year of football. Mm-hmm. It was like – I might go play baseball again this spring and, you know, start my major league baseball mm-hmm. career. And that uh, would have been his fourth but, year. He had already, he had already graduated. Right. And then I remember, cause that night in the hotel, he was like, yeah, they're making me, um, they're making me do senior day tomorrow. And I was kind of like, to me, I was kind of like, huh, well, that's good for me. Like, cause that means, you know, you won't be here, but I could tell he was on. And I think that is when, the wheels started turning in his head. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm a better quarterback than I am a baseball player. And I think he was like, I kind of want to come back. Like, I don't know what the conversations were before the season, but I was under the impression like, yeah, like I'm going to play this football season because it's fun. I enjoy it. But, and baseball season's over. But after that, I'm kind of going to go be a baseball player for my career. And then it was like, eh, I didn't have a ton of success. I had pretty good success, or I didn't have a ton of success in the baseball. baseball. I just did pretty pretty well in football. Maybe I'm, you know, had this thing wrong. Maybe I, I am mm-hmm. a better quarterback than I am a uh, baseball player. After a bowl win, Wolfpack players were quick to talk big about the future. Nine victories, they want more. This group going out on nine wins, the standard for next year is going to be different. They better not think no less than 10 wins next season, so they already set the bar high for them. At least 10 wins from here on out, you know, more bowl game victories. Those mediocre five and seven seasons aren't going to be accepted around here anymore. To back up that talk, the pack's most pivotal offseason move lies in the mind of Russell Wilson. Will he stay or will he go and pursue a career in baseball? Whether I do come back or not, has been a great opportunity, it's been a great blessing, and I'm very passionate about NC State. We'll decide sometime here in the next week or so, we'll get together and figure it out, but you know, it's, uh, you know, it's gonna be what's best for Russell. I wanna be a starting quarterback in the NFL one day, and I wanna be a starting second baseman in the Major League Baseball one day. So, you know, no matter what, you know, I work my butt off every day to try to be the best. So what are the conversations that you have with Tom after the season ends? You beat so, West Virginia in a bowl game, so which yeah, was late we beat December. West Virginia in a bowl game, and I remember that's when the whole crowd was chanting, like, I think Russell got MVP there, chanting, like, one more year, one more year. And I, and that's when I could kind of tell him, like, he wants to come back. Like, 
he's not going to do this baseball thing. Like, he was just feeling it. He was confident about his football. And just, I think all in all, was like, I think I might be able to be a NFL quarterback instead of baseball. Busy is a normal state for Russell Wilson. Think about it. He balanced two sports and graduated in three years. But in 2010, even by Wilson's standards, that was a blur. He played in 47 baseball games with the Wolfpack, then was drafted by the Colorado Rockies in June. He got a $200,000 signing bonus from the Rockies, not bad for a fourth-round pick, and then went to Pasco, Washington, clear across the country, to play A-ball with the Tri-City Dust Devils. In 32 games, Wilson hit 230. Had two home runs and four triples, but not great. Also, probably not totally unexpected, again, given his lack of reps in baseball. He came back to Raleigh in the summer and then played his redshirt junior season in football. The Champs Sports Bowl in Orlando was December 28, 2010. Wilson threw for 275 yards and two scores. NC State beat West Virginia 23-7 and finished the season with a 9-4 record and ranked number 25 in the final AP poll. He didn't know it at the time, and it wasn't his choice, but it would be the last time Russell Wilson would play for the Wolfpack.